Hello, my name is Ann DeSantis. I'm the director for the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. I want to tell you what's been going on with us since we've been in existence in 2015. The Mercedarian Friars came together and decided that they wanted to start a foundation to make outreach to families in crisis. And that's exactly what they did when the St. Raymond Anatis Foundation came into existence as a nonprofit, 501c3, headquartered in Philadelphia. Since that time, I became the director in the beginning of 2018, and we basically have four facets to what we do. We offer prayer, priestly consultations, podcasts and videos, and also programs and events. Now, if you've never been to our website, just to, in to invite you to go to nonatis.org and check out all the great things that we've been doing. Because since that time, since we've been in existence, we've now helped hundreds of families who are going through really challenging times. And as you all know, we went through a really challenging time in 2020. So I'd just like to invite you to go and check out the great things that we're doing. And there's more to come. If you or your church community would like us to come and do some type of an event where we can talk about what we offer in terms of that pastoral accompaniment and making outreach to families in crisis, please do reach out to us. And I'm just so grateful to be able to serve, be able to serve people like you and your families. So again, learn about us at nonatis.org. Thank you. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, and welcome to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday evening on Fiat Ministry Network. It's great to be here. It's a new season. This is just our second episode of fall 2021. So thank you so much for joining us here. And I have an amazing guest. He's been a guest on some of my other shows before, podcasts with Bill Snyder on Sewing Hope, and we have Patrick Sullivan. Patrick, welcome to Journeys in Faith. Hello, Anne. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's an amazing time for me because I really love hearing your story, and I'm excited about your new book. Your new book is The Three Languages of Evangelization. And we're going to talk an awful lot about the book on the show, but let me start out with your bio so people can get to know you a little bit better. Patrick Sullivan is a Catholic speaker and the president of Evango. Patrick's degrees are in literature 
Education and his Masters of Divinity from St. Augustine Seminary in Toronto have all played a role in enriching his own faith life and, and have inspired him to share his insights and love of the Lord with others. Patrick is the author of the popular title, Dare to Be an Evangelist, as well as the recently published Marian book, War Against the Woman. Patrick travels internationally to speak at Catholic events, parenting conferences, and to lead retreats and parish renewal missions. He has appeared as a guest on numerous media platforms, including EWTN, Shalom World, TV, Salt and Light Television, and The Mary Goulet Show. His new groundbreaking Catholic parenting program, Me and My House, has been streamed on Shalom World TV and is available on Formed. Patrick draws on his rich educational experience, as well as his work in Catholic catechesis and evangelization to inspire the faithful in all walks of life to know, love, and serve, and live their Catholic faith. Patrick lives in beautiful Barry's Bay, Ontario, with his loving wife, Kayla, and their nine children. I love hearing also about your family. How are they doing? We'll start there. How's everybody? <laughs> And I do apologize. That's a long bio to hear it again. It's like, oh gosh, <laughs> the family's doing really well, and they've uh, we're we're quite blessed where we are. Again, we're in beautiful Berries Bay, so we have a little bit of land that the kids can play on. They get outside, they get lots of fresh air, so um, they're doing quite well. Awesome. Why don't we just start out with a little bit about your own faith journey? I'd love to go right into the book after that because we have so much to talk about there. But just so that our viewers and audience can learn about you and your mission. Certainly. I mean, my role in the universal church today is to be, as has already been said, a Catholic lay evangelist. And I think for a lot of Catholics, they're not even sure what that means or what that is. Well, quite simply, it means I am tasked with making it my, uh, well, my agenda is filled up with finding ways to evangelize the baptized and the not baptized. And that's really important to me. I hope that's important for everyone listening as well, but it's especially important for me because I was one of those people that the church is trying to reach. I came quite dramatically to the Lord when I was a young man, 17 years old. I had quite the mystical experience. I was in a tornado. I uh, thought I was about to die. And I think anyone looking on would have agreed. And in those last moments where I felt my life ebbing away, I, I met the Lord. And all he asked of me was quite simply, what do you want? What do you want in the heart of hearts? What do, what do you want in your deepest core? And as a young man who was very bitter and had no training, no formation, nothing, started doing the only thing I knew. I went to churches and I would stand at the big wooden doors of Catholic churches on Sunday. I had to make sure no one knew I was there because I could only imagine the ridicule that would have come from people in my family and friends. And as I grew over the years and learned more about my faith and fell more and more in love, I realized, especially as the Lord called me to this task as, of being a lay evangelist, that I'm trying to reach the young man standing at the wooden door. In our world today, there are countless, and there are countless people standing there, not sure if they should go in, not sure if they're welcome to come in, not sure if it's the right place for them. My job as a Catholic evangelist, is to open the door and say, you're in the right place. And let me invite you in a way that you get, in a way that you understand. Because even as a young man, I remember standing there most Sundays, I would dress in basketball clothes. I had to tell my, my family I was going to play basketball. It was the only thing that seemed normal. Why would you get up so early to 
at this hour. Why would you do that? Oh, I'm going to play basketball. So I'd actually show up at church in full basketball attire with the basketball under my arm. And people at the door would just look at me and say, do you want to come in? And I remember like a scared kitten. I would just kind of shake my head like, no, I, no, I'm not. No. And I think to myself, what if they use different words? What if they understood really what was going on in my heart and in my head and what I was hearing? Would they have gotten me sooner? I think they would have. So that's what has become my life's work now. And that's what this book is all about, using the right words with the right people. Because far too often, we're noticing this. I think you've heard a lot about this, and you're very well connected. You, you speak to people of faith often. We try to do the right thing, and yet, for some reason, there are people in our lives that just refuse to be evangelized. And if we're not careful, we might conclude that they're just, they're close to it. They have a hardness of heart. One point, in fact, for my years of doing evangelization, I can tell you most often, it's simply a matter of choice of words, how we say it, what words we're using. It so makes how's complete that for a start, sense. <laughs> oh, no, it's a great start because I think what's needed today is exactly what, what you're saying. And that part of that is the compassion end of evangelization, meaning that people are coming from mm -hmm. all different places and all different spaces and different crises that have happened and they have a, a drawn up conclusion already about the catholic church and sometimes it's negative mm -hmm. and so it, it, it maybe isn't our job to make sure they're hearing and understanding us exactly perfectly because it's going to be filtered through their own eyes and their, their own brain and you know for, for what they can understand so the way that you wrote this book which is the three languages of evangelization about goodness truth and beauty i would say that they're the best ways that we can really bring people into the church in a gentle way so tell us patrick why did you write this book well i started noticing on my travels wherever i went through north america that there were certain patterns that existed Meaning when I would say the, an aspect of the faith a certain way, part of an audience or part of the group would vigorously nod. And at those same comments, the other groups would actually look quite confused, like it just passed over them and, and it didn't make any sense. And I started over time with all these experiences to catalog these events. Why is it when I said something this way, I would get a certain type of person really understanding, really getting engaged really wanting to know more, but the others would tune out. And over time, I started to notice, like I say, these patterns. When I spoke something to do with truth, some were really engaged. When I spoke something about beauty, the beauty of the church, the beauty of the faith, others, their eyes would just light up. And still others, when I would bring up goodness, doing good in the world, there would be yet another group that said, this is what I've been waiting for. And over time, not only would I see these patterns, but I started to hear stories that really fit neatly into these categories. And I would love to share some of them with you. Please. But that's how it got started. I mean, just to, when you step back and say, hold on, these people are suddenly inclining their ear for someone like you and I, this is, I mean, it makes us excited. What just happened? I, I've been saying this story all this time. Why did this person suddenly listen? Uh, here's, here's a quick example. I was, uh, a friend sent this example to me a couple years ago now. He was doing his PhD in mathematics at a university, and he decided 
he needs to evangelize like we all do. He needs to evangelize. So he found a person within his program that seemed most open. Every week, at the same time, they would do apologetics. They would argue. They would fight in the best sense of the word. They would just go over everything in the faith. And he would bring him books. He would bring him the fathers of the church. He would give him good podcasts to listen to. He would do all this. And it, I mean, it went well, but he wasn't having the aha moment. He wasn't having the, I've met Jesus Christ. The life wasn't changing. Well, one week they needed to actually uh, head out a little later. So it threw off my friend's schedule. And he asked, can you just wait outside this building for one moment? I'm going to rush in. Now, the friend didn't know that my friend was heading into adoration. He just wanted five minutes with the Lord to say, please help me yet again <laughs> to evangelize this person. <laughs> So he did a quick prayer and he got up to leave. But when he turned around, he saw the other, this other uh, PhD in mathematics standing there. And he looked like he was in shock. He was just, so he was quickly ushered out by my friend and he was so apologetic. I'm sorry you saw that. I'm sorry you're not ready for that. It makes sense. Trust me. I know it doesn't look like it makes sense, but I can explain it. It's logic. And he just went off this way. And his friend, this PhD said, stop. Just, just stop. And he said, can I ask you just one question? And my friend, feeling so deflated at this point, like it was all over. He'd lost the argument. He wasn't going to get this soul back. He said, sure, whatever, you, what do you want to ask? And the other said, why didn't you just show me that? For over a year, we've been arguing, we've been debating, you've been showing me all these resources, but that, why didn't you show me that? And before the other, my friend could answer, the PhD said, now I want to be Catholic. Hmm. Well, what happened? Well, as we discovered over time, this PhD was actually, in spite of all his training, he was a speaker of beauty. Hmm. What he had not been shown was the beauty of our faith. And like walking to a foreign country and where you, you know, when you get off a plane in a very strange land, but then someone speaks your language. You cannot help but incline your ear. It's like, what is that? You hear exactly what they're saying. That's what happened to this PhD in mathematics. And I hear countless stories like this as word about the three languages of evangelization are getting known. Wow, when I finally spoke to them in the language of truth, we're, we're talking for the first time. You know what? When I finally spoke to them about goodness, it was like they heard me for the first time. And I keep in story after story after story. So oh, it excites I, I love it. me. It really does. Because this says something, hopefully to you, but mm -hmm. this is what I hear in when I study this stuff and I see it over and over again. There is hope. Too many people in the Catholic world have written off family members, friends, mm -hmm. colleagues, neighbors, because they just assume they're not interested. When point in fact, most of the time, the majority of the time, they're just not understanding what you're saying. And when we get back to their original language, that anchor that the Lord has in their heart, wow, things are open up. So that's what I keep talking about to people speak their language. There are clues that we leave around for other people to pick up on which language we speak. There, there really are. And in the book, I give you all those clues. And not only do I give you all the clues to help you identify the person you're trying to evangelize, what language they're speaking, I'll tell you how you can speak to them in their language. I'll show you how to do that. Because there are very simple ways to speak to them once you know what they speak. I love the way you wrote your book because it is in a very conversational manner to teach, 
really, because that's what you're doing in this oh, book you. is you're teaching us people of faith a good way for us to approach exactly what you just articulated on about reaching those people. And uh, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I think sometimes another thing that really divides us, especially in a, the current climate, is that whole politics and, you yes. know, that really divides people. And sometimes people place a person in a certain camp because they just assume that if they're people of faith, uh, that there's either um, maybe in some ways in their eyes, possibly too much compassion or not enough. Right. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. uh, so I just think that the way that you wrote this book about goodness, truth and beauty and the subtitle is speaking the faith in a way they'll understand. What was it like for you to write this book? Because obviously it was a process. It, it was actually quite difficult to write. I was surprised um, because I had been talking about the languages for a couple of years now, but people in my life kept reminding me, you realize most have not heard this before. But to me as an evangelist, my my day-to-day -day job, it's just part of what I do. I, I Once I realized the patterns were there, I just implemented it everywhere. So to step back and say, no, no, the, the person reading the book hasn't heard about this before. That was a challenge for me. And, and like you say, you know, it had to be in a tone that was saying, you can do this. You can not only learn this, but you can go out and do it. Because very often in our evangelization material that's out there, a lot of it is about Let's talk about evangelization. Let's discuss the theory of evangelization. What does it mean to call it the new evangelization? Well, we had to cut through all of that and get to how. How do I evangelize? How do I take this piece, this knowledge piece, turn around and help the person in my life? So I've actually found it challenging. Part of me loves the theoretical. I, I love the, the studying of stuff, but this was certainly not it. It couldn't be. I just kept imagining whenever I was really struggling with the text, what if this book takes 10 people and turns them into evangelists and they look at their family circle, their friends, and they start implementing the languages? Wouldn't that be something? And so that kept me grounded. I think, you know, I have to do it for them and I have to do it for them in this way. What I think it offers Patrick is hope. It, it offers mm -hmm. hope to people like you and I, and people who really care so much about their faith that they want to do evangelization, but they just don't know how. And mm -hmm. so I think you get some practical ways in the way that you speak about goodness, truth, and beauty. Uh, on that note, let's talk about yourself. Uh, would there be something that you could share with us about how you see the world in, in terms of those three things? Do you have well, a favorite aspect? Well, absolutely I do. And I think it's important to notice that everyone will have one of the languages kind of bubble to the surface. And mm -hmm. As you're going through the book, you're going to start saying, yeah, that's me, or I definitely, that's my second. For me, it's beauty. For I've been trained through and through for years and years and years in logic, in theology, in the faith, in education. So you would expect that mine is going to be the language of truth, but it's actually not. Mm -hmm. When I actually started to explore my faith years and years and years and years ago, when I just began, it was the beauty of adoration. It actually got me. I still remember the moment sitting in this little room, not really understanding what was going on, but the incense came out and someone started to play soft, melodious guitar behind me and it broke. It just shattered all the doors I had in my heart. It wasn't an explanation. It wasn't a reasoned logical argument. It wasn't any of that. It was just, can you hear me now, Patrick? And yeah, I can hear you. So for me, it's beauty. And I say that to people to remind them, you know, there are many misconceptions we have. It's so easy to say, oh, I know what my friend is. 
But go through the examples in the book. I'm going to show you that sometimes you're mistaken. There are going to be things that appear you think they must be, I don't know, a speaker of beauty because they, they do certain things or say certain things. But actually, there is a pattern here. And once you start going through it, you'll see it quite, quite easily. For me, it's beauty all the way. Mm. And have you seen the other aspects with, say, your family members? Do any of your family members go toward more one or the other, like the truth, goodness, or beauty? Talk about that, because I know that you probably see that aspect in friends and family members. Once you learn this information, and you can't shut it out, it, it'll forever be a part of you. You kind of look at people, you get to know them, you're like, oh, you're a speaker of beauty. Oh, mm. you're a speaker of truth. This is how I need to proceed and adjust my language so as to better bring you to the Lord. Absolutely. In my family, uh, just a couple months ago, my 10-year-old came and sat beside me on the couch, and we're listening to my eldest play the piano. He's self-taught, and he's doing wonderfully. And I said to Gabriel, my eldest, well done, good job. And my 10-year-old boy, he leaned over into me, and he said, and I thought this was completely out of the blue. He said, you know, Dad, every time we go to Mass, I cry. And I was kind of concerned. I thought, well, I don't remember ever <laughs> catching you crying at church or why would you be crying or what's going on and he looked kind of confused at me as if dad you need me to explain but he went on he said it's because of the music dad it's so beautiful i can't mm. help but cry now what brought him there was listening to my oldest play beautiful music and he was on the verge of tears again and i i said you know that's because you're a speaker of beauty mm. And he's Perfect kind of like, yeah, no, you should have known this already, dad. You know, <laughs> if we're not paying attention, yeah, we can shut out, you know. Mm. If we're not paying attention, we can kind of shut our eyes to these facts around us. But if we're just moderately paying attention, if we're just being aware of the task of the Lord, then yeah, we notice in our family. I have nine children, so I have a mix of beauty speakers, truth speakers, goodness speakers, uh, my daughter, another example, we were going to the grocery store in the rain, and I was pretty grumpy about the whole episode. I mean, one, I have to shop. Uh, I don't like shopping. But two, it was just pouring rain. So we're loading up the car with the groceries, and my little girl, she was tugging on my arm, dad, look, dad, look, dad, look. And finally said, well, I know it's raining. Let's get in the car. She said, no, dad, stop and look. And I thought, what is it? Is it a car accident? Did something terrible happen? Well, I turned around and there in the rain, a man had just given his coat to a woman. Mm. That's it. Now, I would learn later that my daughter is a speaker of goodness. Any act mm. of goodness happening around her is like lightning. She notices mm. it. She wants more of it. And when she thinks God, she thinks Jesus Christ, she thinks the church, she sees and wants goodness. That's what she mm. understands. And that's the direct line to her heart. And that's what we're trying to find. Not only what we can kind of comprehend, but really when it comes down to it, when it's time to speak to the Lord or to hear him, which language do I employ? And Thank you. That, that's beautiful. Uh, and I'm trying to think to myself, which one am I? I think mm -hmm. I'm goodness because I just, that's a really big part of who I am in terms of what I see in other people and what I, mm -hmm. how I try to emulate other people when I see something that they're doing, it's really good for other people good for others. Mm -hmm. So I just love your book and I can't recommend it enough. So tell us who are watching, where can they get the book? Well, it's up right now on Amazon, so you can grab it there. Or if you head over to our website, you'll just be directed back that way. So just go over to Amazon, look up Patrick Sullivan, three languages of evangelization, and it will pop up. Awesome. That's, that's really exciting, honestly. 
I'm very um, excited. I'm very excited. Not so much for the book getting out. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. But just imagining a whole host of people employing this uh, new, not, it's not even a new teacher, the pattern out there in their, their circle of grace and bringing more people home. I love it. Yeah, bringing more people home is what it is. So I just thank you for everything that you do. Now, uh, I would also love for our audience to find out about the other things that you do, uh, the Me and My House, your Instagram page. So can you tell us about those uh, venues and how they can reach out and follow you? Absolutely. So our two main hubs, if you go over over to evango.net, you'll see all of our evangelization work, me and my small team, the stuff we're doing for the Lord out in the vineyard. Again, that's evango.net. But if you want specifically parenting resources, you want to take a challenge to bring faith back into the life again with your kids, or you're looking for other resources, a faith-filled blog of experienced parents, then go over to meandmyhouse.net and you'll encounter all of that great stuff there. And of course, on those two web pages, you'll find all sorts of ways to reach me, uh, wherever that be on Instagram or anywhere else that I am, actually. Yeah, you're doing amazing work. And, you know, I think... Um... You're the father of nine children that are growing and, and you know, moving ahead with their lives and you're moving ahead with yours. But I do think you ha- there's a lot more in store for you, even though you're kind of observing what's happening with your kids and, the, and what's to come for the future. God still is really putting it in your court to get out there and evangelize and make the most of your time as a, a father and as someone who loves God and wants to bring him into the hearts of other people by the grace of God. So I just think it's a beautiful thing. And I want to thank you and your wife and your family for being involved in uh, Catholic evangelization. Yeah, we're so blessed, so blessed to have you on Journeys in Faith. Would there be anything that you would like to say to our audience before we end the show? Just this, don't give up hope. Don't give the hope on on yourself. We can be so hard on ourselves. But do not give up hope on those around you. You've been sent to them for a very particular reason. God has this. Just go along for the journey. You're going to love it. Amen. Thank you so much. And Patrick, please do come back again to Journeys in Faith here on Fiat Ministry Network. God bless everyone. We'll see you next week here on Journeys in Faith. Today, many students go to college with numerous questions about their faith yearning to know if the seed planted in them as a child is both true and practical. Using the miracle on the road to Emmaus as a model, young adult ministers conversed weekly for three months with college students about the most pressing questions they had about the Catholic faith. As they journeyed together virtually, something amazing happened. Doubts disappeared, fears faded, and Jesus revealed that he is still alive. Hearts Burning Within Us, the latest book from Patchwork Heart Ministry, is a result of that grace-infused conversation. It is the perfect back-to-school gift for recent high school graduates and current college students. Get your copy for them today at patchworkheart.org or by calling 424-704-3278. That's 424-704-3278.
Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.